like scary movies. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hi, Georgie. Swallow this. Cat dead. Details later. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Hello. So this evening we're going to be talking about a straight to Netflix horror movie, Choose or Die. Uh, this is actually Zayford's pick. Um, came out this year, 2022. It's a very. Came out about a week ago or so. It came out about a week ago. So we're talking, we want to say the beginning of April. Um, 15th. The 15th, mid April then. Um, interesting take on video games the only kind of mm, the only kind of movie that really stood out to me that i could kind of kind of tie into this movie off the top of the head off the top of my head was the uh the that do you remember that movie in the 90s uh fear.com it kind of reminded me of that yeah, but I don't remember if it was good or not. It was a really good film. It actually had Ramstein in the soundtrack as well, so you know it's got to be good. That's debatable. Wow, okay, <laughs> moving on. I have nothing against Ramstein, but I only know one song. What song is that? <laughs> Their, like, most famous song. Son? Song, so- even. Son? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, the movie. that's the song in the movie. Yeah, why am I not shocked? It's like fucking <laughs> Rob Zombie. You ever hear a Rob Zombie song in a uh, in a film? It's always a Dragula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you mean. So, what did you think about this movie then? Because obviously, this is another one of those movies that kind of like didn't even hit my radar. Obviously, you're the one that kind of keeps up on the newer releases than I do. So, what did you make of it? Was it worth it? Was it worth the hype? I would say it's. I, I don't think it was overhyped at all. I think I only seen like a trailer and like an article about it coming out in general. Uh, but it was, it was pretty decent. wasn't terrible. Acting was Netflixy. <laughs> what does that mean? It's like it's like weird because Netflix has like a hit or miss with a lot of their stuff. But I think this one was kind of it was in the middle. So it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't, like, amazing, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I think that there was kind of a bit of tongue-in-cheek in in the acting. It kind of fell in the same vein as um, The Evil Dead, you know, kind of a bit campy, a bit fun, a bit funny, uh, but also quite disturbing. I think it was layered in the sense that it was, it had that, it had that funny kind of dry acting to it um that dry comedy but there were also some very very disturbing scenes um yeah i i actually really enjoyed the premise of the film which is essentially so there there is a lot of these games that used to exist in the 90s um it's not actually something i even knew existed to be honest with you <clears throat> but apparently you yeah, can... it was like late 80s early 90s yeah so it, i suppose it was a little bit after our time wasn't it um basically you could ring into these games and they were almost like a paper minute thing 
where and it was it was kind of like a quest and um people were really into these games and like used to run up really expensive phone bills because like they were so enamored by the interactive horror aspect obviously i guess horror games and stuff were much in their infancy at home and most people could do is play things at the arcades right so this kind Mm. of brought that interactive horror stuff home there is um that other i remember there was a there's a vhs horror interactive game that's quite famous as well but the name escapes me again that's something that's a little bit before our time so it's not something we know a huge thing about but i found it really interesting that it it kind of worked on that premise i and i really didn't know much about it and it kind of it kind of added a bit of mystery for me because um i just didn't know much about it you know um Mm. And obviously, you kind of feel like, well, what is the what is the element that is causing all, everything to happen in this movie? And of course, there is a supernatural element, um, talking about ancient runes depicting superpowers, uh, abilities, and whatnot, which kind of somewhat explained how there was a supernatural force that kind of made it a bit feasible, not so silly. Um, so I like that they ran with that instead of it being like a superhuman ghost or something like that, you know? Um, I think supernatural can be very hit and miss. Like if, if, you, if you're if you working with witchcraft in films, it can border onto a bit silly and a bit unbelievable. But there was something about this movie which made it feel in the realms of possibility. And uh, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting one at least. It was somewhat slightly different from the usual crap that comes out. <laughs> I I mean, I honestly thought that it was quite an original idea. Honestly, I I don't think that um I've seen many original things from Netflix in a while, you know, other than Fear Street. Um, that re- I really yeah. enjoyed. I think like this is like one of the first movies in a while like a Netflix original that I really liked. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess this is Netflix one yearly good horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else they've got coming out this year, like Netflix original stuff. The way that they uh, framed it as well, like it's clear that they may be wanting to do a sequel with this. Mm, yeah, but it seems like it'll be like a really weird one. Cause... I think it would spoil it. I do. Yeah, I don't. We- I don't think it's necessary. And I. I think like Fear Street. Um, like obviously the, the that trilogy they came out within a few weeks of each other, didn't they? Was it like a couple weeks between? It was like one every every week. Yeah. So, it was over so three weeks. And the movies were quite long, and you know they were set in different eras, and it worked. I actually felt that the second one. So you know the one that was was it in the seventies. Was that in the 70s or was that the 1600s or was that the third one? So the first one was 94, the yeah. second one was 78, and then the third one was 1666 yeah. slash 98, uh, 94 again. Yeah, so the the third one, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of his. It was fine after that first half hour. Right, so I like basically when they get get back to the night is right like, exactly, and I I think that I think they captured the nostalgia so well of those two eras that dragging it back to the sixteen hundreds wasn't it didn't quite fit for me. Um, 
I think if you like really invest in the story, then you kind of hang on to it anyway. But they they really kind of captured like the '90s and the '70s really well, don't you think? Um, yeah. So the 1600s part kind of it, not so much brought it down, but it, it kind of it was a it was a bit dull compared to the the vamped up '70s and '90s stuff they had going on. Obviously, what's interesting about this is that although it is a pay-for-play horror game over the phone, it's actually set in present times, which I found quite jarring at first because I thought, like, this has got to be, like, a 90s movie, surely, you know, if they're messing around with stuff like this. I did think that at first, but then, like, someone pulls out a laptop, so I'm like, okay, it's And an iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They have... technology yeah so i I, and then we realized that we were actually what we're actually dealing with is a a retro synth kid who's like super super edgy and super cool um yeah it's a butterfield what what do you feel about the mother the the mother to the the main main female character um i presume she has some sort of mental illness slash a heroin addiction she has but a crack addiction, that, doesn't just, she? She has a crack pipe on the side, um, and yeah, and she. I presume she'll, there's also some like mental health issue there as well. She, so she's, she's very, mourning um, the loss of her son, isn't she? So, mm. so there's some very vague freak accent of of the her little brother drowned. drowning. Yeah, which I kind yeah. of felt was very strange. Um, uh, you know, yeah. um, but it somewhat comes into play later, though. I I actually found um, so the way that this is played to make it so uh, disturbing is obviously the game drips into real life, and the way that it's done is quite um, it's quite evocative. I mean, the, the first the first part, uh, you know, we we see we see the main the main character. Uh, she's like sipping coffee in the middle of the night. Well, she's in a coffee place and not sipping coffee <laughs> and she's kind of being edged out of the door because she's been there all night and she does you know, the, the waitress doesn't want her to get into trouble. And then, you know, something pops up on the screen and says, you know Coffee okay. Oh, yeah. And and it's it's all kind of funny at first. But actually this scene this whole scene kind of turned my stomach. Um there's something about watching someone eat glass and willing themselves not to but being unable to that was painfully uh horrifying actually um yeah and then it, then it affected the uh, like the manager to stop the main girl from getting involved yeah so he started glitching out and we we continue to see these but it's it's not it's not some you know it's it's not corny um there's the you know the next scene that we see when she goes to the next level you know because she's survived this one level she goes up to the next involves her own mother and there's just there's this really interesting part where so at the beginning of the movie the mother is talking about the rats being in the walls and Mm. then all of a sudden we see this very we see this very low quality 8-bit 
uh, video game footage of of her mother, like a depiction of her mother, like showing her running around the house, getting away from the rats. And you know they yeah, didn't I have. Kind of to... wish we'd seen the rat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but you know the audio of that was chilling. The screams were chilling. The scuttling and the screeching of the rat. It was chilling, and it was actually quite. I found it quite scary, actually. It was done pretty well. Yeah, and it. I, I felt that that was quite an original sequence. Like I've not really seen that in film in recent times. You know, um, mm. I haven't seen something like as as different as that. That was it was it was good. You know, um, and then throughout the uh, throughout the movie, there is like there's several depictions of, of game footage. You know, they do actually get in a car and speed across uh, the state looking for this man. What is it, Robert England? They're looking for. No, so they went to go looking for like. The place where the the phone number is linked to, because mm. they redial it and they find that's where they find the TV and the tape of like the original guy who kind of made the game, I think. Yeah, and the, you know the, the whole where he, like cuts himself. Yeah, so, and and the and then, whole the whole thing of them getting over there is literally shown in in 8-bit of them driving in a car with 8-bit music Mm. and it's just i don't know it it could have been done very poorly but it wasn't actually it was done quite well and i think like these these scenes that stick out for me really kind of stuck this film together it made it good um it didn't have the best acting um and some of it didn't it didn't land perfectly but it, it was pretty good definitely um I felt that when she got to the, you know, the the boss, the ending scene, I found that part the most disturbing of the film, and it was in a, it was uh it was one of those unspoken horror scenes. So it was like we were greeted with very visceral horror. So it was it was almost like we were crying, we were trying in our minds to piece together what has happened in this scene with this family. Um, Obviously, we chose. Well, I chose to watch the movie to, we, to for us to watch the movie together and talk about the movie Dogtooth. Um, and uh, God, I'm not gonna lie, yeah. it was giving me some very creepy vibes from from watching Dogtooth. It was sort of reminding me of some unnerving things. It does a little bit, yeah. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't happy <laughs> uh, watching Dogtooth. I'm glad that we're not covering it because I don't less incest. Yeah, I. Uh, it, but that you know, it's just that unnerving. Everything is kind of out of place. You know how in Dogtooth, they're like teaching them like the wrong words and things like that. You know, like the meanings to words, yeah. and it's all it's all kind of off. I kind of felt that same vibe while they were sitting around the dinner table. You know, the the little boy, well, their son is is what we imagine is their son had has like a uh, magazine clippings of an eye and a mouth over his face and then the- yeah because at the beginning he gets his uh tongue cut out mm. by it because there's a other gentleman playing the game and uh there's like a whole conversation that gets briefly mentioned and the wife ends up cutting out the the son's tongue and obviously he proceeds further in the game off camera hmm and we're just like well why have they been here this whole time you know they're just sitting waiting but why what has been going on and 
it I don't know there was just something about it that was just really like it, it kind of got to me you know it was uncomfortable it was weird pa- part of me feels like the game knew the guy was enjoying it too much mm. and maybe that's why he became like the final boss because he didn't seem scared or anything like that he wasn't overly concerned nothing had, bad had happened to him only his uh, wife and son. I mean, I would call that bad, but he seemed quite a an awful person. But he, he yeah. wasn't like overly upset about them being injured in any way. It was very disturbing. Yeah, um, like yeah, he seemed very passive about the whole thing, and they seemed to be living in some sort of alternative reality, almost like Silent Hill esque. De- mm. You know, there was something otherworldly going on. Almost, um, it was very yeah. It was it was disturbing and. Uh, I I thought that the, the you know the ending twist is that she must hurt herself to hurt him so they're injuring themselves and the son is going to shoot the girl and he ends up shooting him inadvertently because of the fact and yeah yeah it was I thought that was pretty cool that was it was yeah and I yeah I thought the scene where she dragged a, a statue down to the pool the bottom of the pool with her I thought that was uh, yeah it was really good um, but how does that work? Yeah, watching like, someone dry drown, I gotta say, that was quite. Uh, but it's not even that. When he when he dies, does the game stop you from dying, even though you're still underwater? I guess it's game over. I haven't got a clue. I don't know the rules. Because they didn't make that clear. Because eventually she just gets pulled out, I presume. But which of those two is being able to lift that rock off her, that statue? Not a clue. Because that kid doesn't look very strong. No, no, offense to him. no, he doesn't. And the woman, she's just probably a, could do it. She's but just like get I the hell like out of here. <laughs> I feel like trying to lift a statue up underwater is very difficult. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I just, sorry, I'm just like thinking back to the film and just thinking about these. Yeah, scenes. it's been a couple of days since we've watched it. Does, it. Yeah, so it's like getting some clarity on that for a second. But um, yeah, I I think that uh, Netflix did its job in this. I think that it was uh, it did its job. It was entertaining. Um, it did leave some questions. It didn't. It didn't kind of. It, it it didn't tie up everything, but it kind of did its best at explaining stuff in a way that wasn't too like. Didn't kind of have too many open-ended questions. I know that you just said one, but mm. overall, the whole rune idea to me was quite satisfactory as to why there was so much supernatural stuff happening. Um, and so people, if they do a sequel, cool. does is it going to be like an anti-hero film? Well, she said that she, she wants to do it to only people that deserve it. So she started out with uh, her her crack, yeah, also, her mum's crack dealer. That, that, that guy's death was literally in the trailer. What, the crack, like the crack dealer? His, yeah, him putting his face into the sink was in the trailer. I thought that, what an interesting way to kill, to die as well. It's what a fucking painful way to go, Jesus. I love how, like, the um, the police officer just came in and, like, vomited everywhere. Yeah, because when you see his face briefly, it's like, oh. Yeah, but why, why do we always have cops that have such weak stomachs in these movies? Like, it's like they just can't take anything, you know? Yeah, you'd think. <laughs> they just seem... Being in, like, a cop in that sort of rough area, you'd probably have seen a bit... Not necessarily worse, but you'll have seen 
dead bodies a lot more. Yeah, it just it just kind of felt to me that um, they yeah like I think he should have had a bit of a stronger stomach than that. It just didn't seem. I don't know. It's it's my pet peeve. Like I guess I've watched a lot of Law and Order, um, so I I kind of feel in big blockbuster movies. I don't know why we've always got such hapless, useless cops. You know. Our... Also, his face was fucked up. So. I mean, would that make you vomit though? I mean, in person, maybe. I don't know. See that that's difficult, isn't it? Because I've never seen a dead body like in real life, but. I mean, I have, but not with a face like that no but you know what i mean you know like how yeah. like you see things on live leak and whatever that's like and it's and you know we all say oh well we've seen a dead body because we have the internet right but in real life we don't we, we you know we don't live in brazil or anything like that we don't come across like mutilated bodies regularly so it's kind of like it's hard yeah, it's hard leak's to tell a whole different thing live leaks a whole different thing because it's like you've got that safety of the screen still mm. And it's a lot. A lot of people are like that, you know. People on best gore and stuff—they're very like tryhards. They think they, they think they like their gore and everything, but when it actually comes down to it, it's, it's frightening and it's not at all what they want it to be. Like I like gore in films and stuff, but you cut yourself deep enough, I'm gonna be like, mm, that's a big gross. But yeah, in any case, it's uh, it's so weird, isn't it? Like. Mm you can't really tell how you're going to act i guess but i don't know i don't know if i'd vomit i don't think i would not like that as well like full-on like you know i mean it depends how much you have to have for breakfast <laughs> lots of donuts why do why do cops in america always have donuts for breakfast what's that about uh i think it's just i don't know it's a <laughs> weird stereotype but then you actually see police officers in America and most of them do have donuts regularly. So this so this was directed by Toby Meekins, his first film. Hmm. Yeah, apparently it was a director uh, debut. So nice. It's not it's not terrible. No, for not at all. A debut. I wouldn't uh, honestly I wouldn't have thought this was a directorial debut. Uh, debut i would have thought he would have done a few crappy films before this <laughs> so hmm. well he might have done i don't know if he did tv or if he, or anything else but this is at least his uh film debut <laughs> i probably did look into it but i don't remember you've put your notes for dog tooth on next to choose or die and like the last thing that Zayford wrote about um, Dogtooth is, is that actually sex? If you've seen Dogtooth and you know what he's talking about. I thought I cropped that out. But yeah, no. I have the notes for Dogtooth still. <laughs> Just in case we ever do cover it. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, no, Zayford always manages to crack me up with his notes. Like, cause I, because I've spoke to him so much recording i know how his voice sounds so when i read something i can hear it in his funny northern accent and it always cracks me up he's just got a way of speaking that's so funny i've lost a lot of my accent i don't really sound mancunian anymore i wish i did it's a good accent to have uh, is it though a a is it be nice 
Oh dear. So it got 23% on Rotten Tomatoes, 43% on Metacritic, 4.8 on IMDb, 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty freaking bad. That's, yeah. But that's critics, though, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, yeah. It's. Don't get me wrong, it's not the best film in the world, and it's not even the best film this year. But I don't think it's. It's, I suppose most of those are kind of in the middle. Hmm. And I, it probably is a very middling film. I, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be uh, giving it as low as this. I think, I honestly, for the IMDb rating to be four point eight, I would say it was, you know, I think it would be a six. Um, hmm. Twenty. For Letterbox, I think I gave it a three. So a six, yeah. So I mean, yeah. that that works then, but like. 23% I mean that's terrible 63% Google users like the film whatever that means um, <laughs> I suppose it's it's not been out for a huge amount of time so there is time for it to improve statistically yeah, as, of rec- as of recording this it's been out for a week tomorrow mm. I don't know it's got it's got 8,780 reviews on IMDB so Jesus. It, I know a lot of people have, have put their two cents in on that one. <laughs> oh, I guess people don't like it then. I didn't think it was that bad, but the only thing that was a letdown was um, seeing Robert England's name in the credits at the beginning, mm. and then him not actually turning up and just being that voice recording. I know that that stung that stung me a little bit. I was like, oh shit, we're getting Robert England. That'd be that'd be cool. It'll add a little bit of something. Nope, it's just his voice. The Guardians take there's a surprisingly nasty edge to this tolerable yet derivative wannabe franchise starter about a cursed game from the eighties. I mean, that does kind of surmise it up pretty good, but at the same time that was a little a bit franchise, mean. Though. I don't know if it wants to be a franchise. I I mean it says wannabe franchise. I think it's just because of the way it end it went ended for like a potential yeah. sequel, but I think that a lot of people who are well versed in sequels can tell that this film needs to be well left alone. Um Yeah, cuz like if a sequel would be shit. To be blunt. Yeah, <laughs> I it would. I yeah. I mean it would be carrying on a story uh, like you said the anti-hero. Um the And I don't think it would be very much horror other than in the aspect of um, effects, uh, you know, I don't think it'd be scary. Revenge, excuse me, revenge movie movies are really um, can be really great subgenre in horror. Obviously, one of my favorite movies, I Spit on Your Grave, um, Last House on the Left. I love uh, revenge movies, but this ain't gonna be it. It's not gonna be a revenge yeah, no. movie based on horrible debauchery. It's going to be. Um, almost like a twisted superhero trying to put things right kind of thing and who she who would she have revenge on the one person that she hated was the one person that died at the end yeah i kind of felt like that too like yeah have you ever seen the movie um downfall I can't remember, so, but the name sounds so, familiar. Sorry, it's just like completely come out of nowhere. But like, so it was this movie that like depicted this guy having a really shitty day, and he kind of goes on like a, a killing spree because he's had a shit day. I've, uh, it, I've been it, there sometimes. It, it's it's kind of like a cult classic, and it's it's a very nihilistic 
look on society and people having shitty days and the white middle class suburban man with his wife and his child all getting taken away from him and oh how he suffers um and it's it's kind of like a it's kind of like a a reflection on middle suburban america um but throughout that there's this infringe of society where you see constantly like awful awful things happening you know homeless people being awful raping pillaging rioting general unrest in uh, you know the whole society is crumbling and it's awful i didn't really feel that in this film what who is she going after after like you said who is she going after other this other than this dude what is what else is she going to do with it so i I totally agree with you end of the city that's about it right and we all have one of those ends in wherever we live and correct me if I'm wrong, but all of the minor characters that we came across in the movie were actually okay towards her? Yes. Yeah. The, <laughs> the only person that was shit to her was literally that one guy. Yeah, so I'm a bit I'm a bit perplexed in how she is going to be, you know, unless she's going to take on the war on drugs, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, unless she goes after, like, everyone that's supplying him mm. in this, like, small community of uh, what looks like... Uh, flats. So it, it, um, at America. most it's going to be an action movie, not a horror. Yeah. But basically just Netflix, if you're listening. I know you're probably not. <laughs> Don't touch it. Just leave it. Just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't just, fucking do just it. leave it. We're not. We're not. Don't. Yeah. And if you're going to do it, change it. Change the name. Don't call it Choose or Die 2. Because that sounds stupid. Call it looking choose looking for bad die people because it wasn't in the first. I don't know something. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Asa Asa Butterfield. He is kind of. He has a shit American accent. Really does. I'm trying to think. He uh, looks familiar. Most people to me. Will probably know him from uh, Sex Education. Ah, that's, that's it. Sex Education, the UK series, right? Yeah, well, it's it's just a Netflix series because it's kind of set in a place where you can't really tell if it's England or America because mm. it's very American clothes, but it's a lot of English cast. Mm. It's one of those. Um, I think they tried to make it so Americans can also watch it without feeling too out of the loop. Yeah. With a uh, location-wise, interestingly, he was also in the boy in the striped pajamas. Yes, which he was. That's so strange. He was almost Spider-Man as well. He was also in Slaughterhouse Rules. I didn't watch that, but I know it's on streaming somewhere. 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 And a few other movies that aren't really worth mentioning. I think the only other one mentioned is um, Son of is Rambo. Ender's, Ender's Game. What's that? that? Fifty States of Fright. What's that? The 2020 movie. Can't be that good if no one's mentioned it before. It's Fifty States of Fright. No wonder. Horror fiction. Uh, 6.6 on IMDb. 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, you know, that seems to be a bit better. A horror anthology featuring the scariest stories from every state in the country. Executive producer Sam Raimi... Brings each terrifying tale to life. What is this? That could be hit. That could be hit on this. What is this? Let's be real. 
how interesting. It's got two seasons, 24 episodes. Original, original network, Quibi? Quibi? Quibi. Quibi. Queef? Que <laughs> no, not Queef. Quibi. Q-U-I-B-I. Quibi. Quibi was a short-lived American, short American short-form streaming platform that generated content for viewing on mobile devices and launched at the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, so it probably just didn't survive. Um, much like many things that died because of COVID. Mm. Like, I mean, like, business-wise. Um, not just people. Obviously, a lot of people died too. Um, oh, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about mm. that. It was founded in Los Angeles... Uh, the service raised 1.75 billion from investors. It launched in 2020, but shut down in later, like literally eight months later. So it was in April, and then it shut down in December after falling short of its subscriber projections. In January 2021, Quibi's content library was sold to Roku for less than 100 million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Apparently, it was in the right. UK, but we never heard of it. So. I feel like I might have heard of it. Was it like a white logo? It's it's purple. Nah, maybe not then. Um, reactions... Maybe maybe I saw an advert for it on a Facebook or something. Reactions to Quibi were mixed and negative. While most of the service's original program received positive reviews, the service itself was criticised for its paid, mobile-only focus that limited its accessibility and reach compared to established free services such as YouTube and TikTok. In a November 2020 article for the Wall Street Journal, other reasons suggested for the services shutdown, including a misjudgment on which programming and technology features would appeal to young consumers and a high spend on advertising. Well, you say it's a high spend on advertising, but I had no idea what Quibi was, so I don't know. Yeah, but I think I think it's because they advertised a lot on Facebook, and obviously, if you've got a Facebook... The younger people aren't on the Facebook anymore. And a lot of them are so on. A, a lot of them are shifting off of Instagram too. A lot of people are moving over to uh, TikTok, aren't they? I keep getting told to make a TikTok, and I'm kind of like, but why? What do I? What I am so old, I cannot. <laughs> TikTok's a weird platform. Yeah, it's funny, but it's weird. I I don't have a TikTok account. My daughter does, um, and they're ten, and I kind of just think like. That's fine, but I'm like nearly 32 and I think I'm too old for it, personally. There are plenty of uh, older people on there. <laughs> hmm. I'd be very curious. As to what? As to what? As to what the episodes are in this? It's just it, sound, it looks interesting. It's very strange as well. Sam Raimi. I, I would have thought that I would have known something about it, but it's like. Oh, you're about the uh, the freight thing. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it it might be good. Might have to look into it. Yeah, I mean, the bloody disgusting did an article on it. They're normally worse, worth a worth their weight in citing anything to do with horror. Um, apparently it's, it's come back to life as a Roku original <laughs> they'll just forget that it was uh, put on Quibi first Queefy Quibi um, Queefy mm, Queef <laughs> you're just like Queef 
Please. <laughs> yeah, so... Hmm. Interesting. So if you have a Roku, please watch the anthology series 50 States of Fright because I would love to know what that is about. It, sound, it sounds pretty interesting. It's got a lot, by the look of it, a lot of characters from all over the horror shop. Um, yeah, I'm adding that to my list. <laughs> yeah. See, it, it's great uh, being able to, to talk about horror because, you know, even though we do start off by talking about one thing, often we end up finding completely new things that we've never even heard of before. And I have actually had a couple of people comment to me that we do uh, end up showing people movies that they've never heard of before. So it's good. It's good to talk about these things. Um, but yeah, choose or die. Don't become a sequel. We don't want it. Think of something else, Don't Netflix. You can you can think of something else. We know you can. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of some memorable uh good, you know, other than Fear Street that I've seen that were Netflix originals. Obviously not the original story, but the remake of uh Gerald's game. I thought that was very good. Um did they do nineteen twenty two as well? I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, and then they did um, in the tall, in the tall grass. I didn't rate that. Yeah, I, that, that was, was shit. just strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was just saying that they did it. Yeah, it's not good. In, in the tall grass, it's uh, just like a giant alien poo in the middle of a cornfield. Yeah, that's the only way I can describe it. It's just it's not very good, and it's quite annoying. Yeah, I mean it's just like it's like an ancient rock slash meteor, and it's just a bit. I thought it was a spaceship. It's time. Is it not? I don't think it's a spaceship. It's like a a meteor. Okay. Meteor. And it's like time looping. It's like, that's fucking dumb. I find that um, Stephen King, like, adaptations of Stephen King movies can be very hit and miss as well, though, you know? Oh, yeah. Books are all fine, but films and TV shows can be... Like you say, hit or miss. What comes to mind for you when you think of Stephen King, like, like a, a... boob of a film that completely bombed it for you in c- compared to the literature like which which would you say um well to perfect most of the stephen king films i actually haven't watched because i know most of them are terrible but that's it uh, that's an interesting take safer tell me more no you smell <laughs> um. <laughs> so what 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 do you not like about stephen i'm trying to come on tell me think what was Skin, uh, Sleepwalkers. It's not technically a book, but Sleepwalkers was not a great film. Mm-hmm. But it was um, Stephen King wrote the uh, screenplay for it. Mm-hmm. It's about. Do you remember the cat people, vampires, cat vampires, whatever the fuck they were? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's just dog shit. I've got to say, one of my favorites. Um, it's been remade like three times. I w- I'm talking about the first original take on Carrie. Um, I don't rate the new version, and I don't. I don't really understand the sequel either. I know that the sequel has kind of like a cultish following, and that some people appreciate yeah, it. Says, cult, the the sequel scene is 
semi-popular. It's okay, you know, but it's not really in vain to the book. Um, it doesn't really, it doesn't, do it, it doesn't really stay true to the the supernatural elements in the sense that like Carrie is supposed to be like a one of a kind person, and for some reason it's like not like that. And mm. I don't know. It, it's it's a good movie. It's you know, it's it's a good it's a good revenge flick, I guess. Um, but I, I don't I don't personally think that's good. Another one, obviously, The Shining, very good adaption. Um, Dreamcatcher, I, I really I like that. The Shining. Dreamcatcher was a good movie. Is that the one with uh, the poop poems? Is Jason Lee in that? Yeah. Yeah, and he like literally gets like a poo alien up his butt or something. Yeah, they're, like the giant like worms or whatever, and they but they come out your ass. Yes. Uh, so we should we should cover that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very strange movie, a very good movie, but a very strange movie. It's a it's a better book. Fair enough. All right, you beat me on that no. one. The Dreamcatcher thing, the Dreamcatcher book is is better than that movie, I guess. I don't even know if it's a book. I think it's just a short story. It's like a um, Dream, yeah. Dreamcatcher is in um, what anthology is that in? I'm trying to think. It escapes me. I would. It's one of them. It's, Skeleton it's, Crew, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We're not we're not doing very well on the Stephen King knowledge. I can tell you that actually um, Stephen King's Carrie was actually one of the first books I read. I'm not a huge reader of uh, Stephen King though. I don't read a hell of I mean, a lot. I mean, I have most of the books, well, a large collection of the books. Oh, you do? Yeah, but I won't be able to tell you which one Dreamcatcher's from. I think it's from uh, Skeleton Crew though. Okay. So you have the books. I have plenty of the books. Okay, and yes. um, what is? Give me, give me, give me a lowdown of some of the the good ones, because I, I uh, don't actually know. Like, I'm trying to think how many Stephen King books I've actually read. So I've read Gerald's Game. I've read Carrie, obviously. Um, I've read The Shining. What else would you recommend for me? Wait, which ones have you read again? Sorry, I was typing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've read Carrie, I've read The Shining, and I've read Gerald's Game. Um, <clears throat> I'd say I'll read it. There's a there's a big one, so I'll take some time. Oh, of course, I've read that too. That took yeah, I forgot about that. The only thing, obviously, if anyone hasn't read it, there is a. <laughs> There is a bit in there where it's about kids having sex, so oh, yes. take that as you will. Yes, wasn't controversial um, in its time, but is now much later. I don't know. I feel like it was controversial even then. <laughs> yeah, but like people didn't moan about it the way that they do now. You know, it's only because people moan. People want it to be in the films, but also they know they can never get it done. Because mm. it's one of the few things from a book that will hopefully never be put into film yeah i mean i'm kind of one of those people that really didn't like uh it chapter two um obviously the original movie with tim curry i thought was a fantastic adaptation to it and i really enjoyed it um the newer version of it i thought it was okay i don't really understand the hype that it got and then the second one i just it kind of felt silly like 
I just, it didn't, I didn't like it, you know? I just, mm. I kind of felt like him being big was great and all, but like, I don't know, it just, it didn't really frighten me as much as I found it kind of, um, I wouldn't say comical, but it kind of just reminded me of some sort of like, kind of a bit of a depraved Scooby-Doo movie. You know, it was kind of like veering on the edge of like being more appropriate for a younger audience than really disturbing an adult audience. Yeah. Do you, does that make sense? Like the first one, yeah. at least it had kind of like a feeling of it being a mature movie. And then the second one, it kind of started off semi-strong. The first one was definitely better with, with the kids. Yeah. The second one was a bit... Um... I don't know. I think it was just because in the original film it was a good mix of both. Whereas this one they separated the two halves of the book. So it was like, eh. And now they're doing a prequel series. You're wrong. Dream- Dreamcatcher is actually a, is a book all by itself. Sorry. <laughs> no, I I was just I because I I really wanted I was convinced that it was in a an anthology and it wasn't and I was like uh, I, I thought it was different. Yeah, so I was just. But also, I don't know how if you could read a full book of uh, buttworms. <laughs> well, allegedly the whole book was written in cur- cursive and it was uh, written in after a nineteen ninety nine car accident and was completed in half a year. So he did put a lot of effort into Dreamcatcher. It does. It so it wasn't just cocaine. <laughs> that was Cujo, right? That was Cujo. It Carrie. No, maybe not Carrie. Um, I think Carrie was one of his first, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah, then it for definite was cocaine. Cujo was definitely cocaine. Uh, and you know, I I really do love the lore of Stephen King. That he he is just such a. He doesn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> Misery was about cooking. I, I, I do. I did really enjoy. You know, the thing that I really enjoy about Stephen King is that he doesn't pretend, and he is kind of, you know, he's a bit of a shameless money grabber. Like I've kind of noticed that about him. Like he. Ha- well, the fact that he'll put his name on it. Literally, how many times have you seen this book's great? Uh, said by Stephen, Stephen King's King. seal of approval. You know he's getting paid to do those things, and he. Stephen King's barely read any fucking book he (laughs) he does it all the time i swear to god like he literally had but then i fall for it and i'm like oh stephen king said this i'll buy it i'm like fuck he has enough leverage to be able to do that but i definitely started to notice it like a couple years ago i was like hold on why is his stamp of approval on everything what's going on here yeah there's definitely a couple of books on my shelf i've not got round to reading yet that say like something by stephen king so I'm one of those nobbeds. He's a good plugger, definitely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Wes Craven did the same thing. Did he? What was he? What movies is he? He, he put his name on a couple of different films, being like, um, like producer or produced by sort of thing. Mm. Did it with a uh, Wishmaster. Mm. You know, I kind of feel like. Um, people have to do that though to stay relevant, don't they? They can't really, uh, they can't really, they can't really keep riding on the coattails of their current 
themselves they have to kind of to stay relevant they have to kind of drip themselves onto other things it's the only way that they can well to be fair i think wishmaster only came out two years before um uh, a new nightmare mm. so it won't i don't think he needed to do it but but stephen king also doesn't need to do it he puts out a fucking book every year and good for him you know i i don't i don't mean that in the sense that he's he's yeah, not relevant but i think that's like people do i th- I think that they definitely do feel the pressure to stay in the spotlight somewhat um you know horror does have its greats but there are a lot of directors and people people are emerging from horror and coming out as the new greats you know so they do have to kind of put themselves out in modern culture just to sort of stay in that spotlight obviously he will be cemented but it's just a way of like you can still be like super famous and like not make any money you know (laughs) Mm. um so sometimes status isn't enough for people they do still want their money and fair play to him like he's an old dude i i would if i was him i would be like yeah i want i want to be able to buy a but you would think he has plenty of money the amount of times he's sold the rights to films the amount of times these films get remade yeah but i mean he's he's probably a granddad great granddad you know he's probably got lots of kids who want lots of things and but his kids are writer as well well at least one of them is imagine that imagine your dad being stephen king i think um his son's called joe joe king writes some books as well mm. he's actually not a bad author you read some of his stuff I think I've read one of them. Okay. Uh, but I cannot remember what it was called. Not incredibly memorable then. <laughs> it was uh, it's on a shelf somewhere. It was a while ago when I read it. Mm. Wow. So speaking of Stephen King, um, what episode are we doing next? Is it me picking again? Well, technically, it's one we've already picked, but you need to re- rewatch it. Pet Cemetery, yes, Bingo. yeah. So Pet Cemetery, that is going to be the next thing that we're going to be talking about. Interestingly, we're going to do the 2019 remake. No, we're not. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I was like, well, hold on a minute. No, we are not going to be doing the 2019 remake. I've actually already seen the 2019 remake, and I didn't think that. And I don't want. To. No, I didn't rate it much either. And I think talking about the original one is going to be far more interesting i i think that um yeah there's definitely a lot to unpack with that um there's there's a lot of things i can pick out just off of the top of my head that I, i'd be really interested to discuss about um yeah it's a good movie and it's it's definitely worth talking about so we're going to be talking about that next um yeah i know that i posted a video about args and whatnot obviously i'm really i i feel like for our 20th episode we should do an arg special um i have been doing like a little bit of a little bit of research here and there thinking about things it'd be the 21st so is this episode 19 this would be 19 and then pet sanity is going to be 20 so uh, for our 21st our 21st I think we We're should legal to drink in America. Yes. We're going to be doing some uh some ARGs if you're not really familiar with ARGs. Um first of all, where have you been? Um they are alternate reality games that are often found on YouTube. Um they're sort of like a 
almost what we've been talking about here with uh, Choose or Die. You know, they are video interactive. You don't call in so much as you make choices. You learn binary, you learn coding. You go to different parts of the internet to find clues. You pick things apart. It's a very much true-to-life detective. And sometimes you're just in for a rough ride and you're going to watch some disturbing found footage shit. But, uh, you know, we will be talking about different ones, like... We're not going to be just veering on the ones that are all about binary and far too complicated to break down in an hour. I think we're going to cover some ones that are more to do with... Yeah, that means I've got to do research for those ones. Well, I think, I think <laughs> honestly, we should just pick the ones that stick out the most to us. And obviously, in um, the last episode, we talked... Well, no, in Spree, the episode Spree, we talked a lot about ARGs and I've definitely got a couple down that I I want to talk about that aren't really to do with binary or coding or anything like that and are just actually really great stories. Um, I would really love it if I could get hold of some more ARGs that would be great to talk about that neither of us have heard of so we could go into it with fresh eyes. Do you want to mention a couple just in case people want to read them, look at them, visit them? beforehand yeah i think that i think that would definitely be worth it um i think that yeah like if you don't know what args are and you've never like really uh ventured into them like they're they're really uh it's such a rabbit hole to go down um i hadn't really heard of them up until i think the first time i started hearing about args was uh i don't know say when was that um when was the sun is down when did that come out it was quite a while. Uh, where's the song gone? Yeah. Um, oh God, that must have been like, what, 2015? Yeah, maybe? so I, w- I would say it's been like seven, maybe eight years since I first started watching, like learning about ARGs and stuff. Um, they are definitely... You can say they've been around for the last decade, give or oh, take. Oh, they've been around for a long time. There's some stemming back from like 2005, you know, like th- mm. there's, they've, you know, I'm kind of late to the party um but yeah they're definitely something to look into if you're looking for something different if you enjoy the found footage genre even if you don't there's something very um viscerally uh enjoyable about seeing something that appears real and having that connection to something that is actually happening um we do get into this disconnect with horror where we don't feel connected to it and ARGs are an amazing, amazing way of proving to yourself that horror does still affect you. Like, even when you're sat watching that at nighttime on your own in the dark, it creeps you out. Um, I, I'm i one of those people that can watch horror movies in bed and, like, they don't bother me. But ARGs, certain ARGs, I could never, you know? I actually have to watch them in the day. Um, that's how much they affect me. But then again, I am a sucker for the found footage genre. And if I do, if I do get my hands on a found, a good found footage, I do take it seriously and I do get sucked into it. I can actually recall the first time that I saw Grave Encounters. I actually found that really like, oh my god, what's going on? You know, I was quite connected. Do you know what found footage we should do at some point? We should do Hell House. Hell House. Hell House. I want to say Hell that's House, about LLC. John Wayne Gacy. That one. 
No, no that's paranormal about, entity. Um, that's par- I'm talking. I'm thinking of paranormal entity. Awful, awful, awful franchise of a film. Yeah, like that. There's. I, I think, only ever saw the first one, but that was bad. Didn't that I? was crap. Yeah, really poor acting. Really low bar. Whoever made that movie, by the way, shame on you. It was. It wasn't good. Um, I didn't like it. Um, yeah, they. they no, Hell House is the Hell one where the. Do um a haunted house attraction. Haunted house attraction. In a old uh hotel. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that real quick because it sounds familiar, and I'm sure it's I have a, seen it. It'll be it. Hell House LLC. Okay, and what what do you think about that? You you think this is something worth covering? A good fan footage. I think it's I think it's pretty good. Okay. Seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty pretty high for a found See? footage movie they can be quite controversial See? i think you'd enjoy it five years after if 15 people it. were killed during a haunted house tour a documentary crew visits the scene to investigate what really happened 2015 hell house there's two sequels to it but the sequels are a bit shit see we're letting you see the magic we're doing stuff on the on the episode, I think I have seen this. A very, you ver- probably will a very, have. very faint memory is coming back. I'm just sort of reading the synopsis. Is it of the clown? No. Um, if you see the image of the clown, I'm sure you'll probably remember it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering something that was more comedic than heavy. Um, and I, I honestly, I will need to. I will need to think about what that movie was called because it's on Amazon Prime and I remember watching it and it was a pretty good found footage movie but it was it's not some it's not what we do in the shadows it's something else um, Haunted House? What? Haunted House? No I don't think so That's like the, that's a spoof No one. nothing it's oh, nothing spoofy it's like on the vein of like funny but also disturbing um I really can't. It could be anything. Yeah, it's, it, it will have to be something that I bring up in the next episode for sure, or I'll text you and be like, "I found it." <laughs> but yeah, Hell House sounds interesting. I will definitely have a look at that, and yeah, that would be a good one to do. I do. It's in. Like, how many fan footage movies have we actually done? Have we done many. We haven't done any, have we? Other than Spree, yeah, done a couple. What was Spree? Uh, Megan is missing. Megan is missing. I I think like um... with the found footage ones, you need to do the ones that. are evocative like obviously found footage movies have a habit of falling into the same things you know it gets very repetitive it gets very boring so if we are to do another one Hell House does look like it would stand out um I think I think Grave Encounters is another one that like that does stick out for me straight away obviously the sequel for me I actually kind of enjoyed the sequel but I know that that's debatable for a lot of people um Creep one of my favorites too and yeah, creep 2 creep, creep 2 is is just as good as the first one i feel let's hope they get that third one out eventually oh wouldn't that be amazing i just want to see how it's going to end mm. yeah that that guy something else strange what a strange man what a strange man <laughs> if you've not seen creep go watch it and not the uh, london subway one no yeah there is a british horror movie called creep about the which is also half decent uh it's okay actually um it's it's sort of it it depicts this very strange uh g- mutant freak 
that lives in the burrows of the yeah. underground performing abortions on people. Um, not sure why. Uh, very, uh, pretty heavy for where it, when it came out. I think it, that came that movie came out way back like in two thousand. Yeah. I want to say six. Um, pretty good movie, but yeah. Uh, not that one. We want you to look at the found footage one that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, you can find Be like 2012, I think. Mm. You can find that on Netflix, and Creep Two is also on there too. Uh, stars are very lonely, very strange, very pathological, wiry kind of man who meets who actually meets his match in the second one, which is absolutely amazing to watch and really quite quite. A, I think I need to rewatch the second one. I, I don't really remember. It's fun. I loved it personally. <laughs> All right, well, we have been talking about Choose or Die. Um, obviously, next week will be Pet Cemetery, and then hopefully our 21st episode is going to be an ARG. Please let us know if you want us to talk about anything specific with ARGs, or if you're just along for the ride, that'll be cool. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye.